You're about to experience filling the air with words. Version 2.0, honoring Jane Shannon, who co-created this conversational podcast. On the Zoom line is Stephanie Strange, one of the most interesting musicians, artists, authors, writers that I've had the pleasure of encountering in my long life. And you are there, Stephanie Strange. We are about to fill the air with words. How are you? As well as can be expected. That's my answer to that question. That's a very brief and vague answer. Give me more. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm uh, overall pretty, I think my head is in the right spot with a couple of dips here and there. It's scary. And the political landscape is scary. And uh, there's a lot of infighting amongst people who should be working together. And I've fed into that a little bit because I have strong opinions and keeping it together and creating a lot and doing a lot of different things and trying to make as much money as I can with freelancing stuff while also learning how to follow my bliss. Because I think this is a really weird and rare opportunity to be flexible and to changed our thinking a little bit about a lot of things. So I'm trying to go with the flow on that and not be stuck in rage and fear all day at home. But you're having ups and downs, it sounds like. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it's important to point out that one of the things that you make some of your living off of is playing live shows. What's that like? Just not being able to go out and gig. I miss being on stage and interacting with an audience, but I don't miss it as much as I expected yet because we have all these wonderful ways of connecting with each other. Um, I've done one live stream and that was, as soon as I got on it, I was just, I was nervous about it and I didn't know if it would be, feel normal. And then once I started doing it, I didn't want to stop and it ended up being like an hour and a half. And then, you know, I'm creating a bunch of like little things and being able to connect with people is really nice. And it hurts that it's on hold and that there's not that bits of money coming in. And, um, but I I think the thing that probably hurts the most is the lack of connection with the venues and the people and the audiences that I have, because I know that those venues are hurting a lot right now and struggling to figure out if they're going to be able to reopen at any point. And I didn't realize how important my relationships were within the community, within the business community as a musician. So I miss that. And I'm worried about my friends who own businesses. And the musical community that you're a part of of is also on the edge. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know, not sure what other people are doing. I feel lucky that I have some options to make a little bit of money and, yeah, I know that some people are struggling and that's what they do. That's what they pounded the pavement every day. And, um, but there's a lot of creativity coming out of it. Um, a lot of people who are getting paid to do social distancing series and driveways. And a lot of people are being very generous online with donations and subscriptions and um, giving what they can. And I feel kind of comforted that we are all in this together. There's a part of me and I hope this isn't like naive or optimistic that how bad could it get if we're all in this together? Because we all have each other's backs and we all have, we're like so many gardens are getting started and so many people with, there's so many people with extra rooms in their houses. And I don't know, I feel lucky to be in this community and the state and this part of the country. And I feel like there are 
many safety nets before hitting the federal government as a <laughs> source of safety. Yeah. And we're all thankful for that because I don't think anybody wants to count on the federal government as it currently exists for much of anything. But that's a, that's another story. And I'm afraid if we went down that rabbit hole, given how we both feel. About <laughs> oh God. I just, I just have to say that when people cough, it's so funny, but I feel very protected. This is way better than one of those shields you see in the, yeah. know, the sneeze guards, like, right? Yeah. Sneeze. There's so many filters between me and you. Like the chances of you getting sick from me coughing are like 15%. 15? Yeah. Oh God. Digital. The digital transmission of COVID is very low. Wow. Well, that's good to know. How's your creative energy during all of this? Um, well, I mean, it feels weird to say this because I know that some people are kind of paralyzed by grief, which is totally fair. And I don't consider myself exempt from getting at any point paralyzed by my emotions, but I'm going at a million miles an hour. Like I have so many things in my head. And I have, you know, you hop on social media for an hour and I'm, I have all these conflicting emotions, you know, and all this news. I have so much input. My output is very high and I feel really grateful for that because that's always been, I mean, that's the difference between sanity and not for me. So I feel lucky I'm very grateful that my brain is working in such a way that I'm processing a lot and I'm creating a lot and I'm writing songs on ukulele and keyboard and guitar and making little Instagram cartoons and doing little funny videos. And I just have almost too much. There's not enough time in the day to like get it all out. Not that it's all good, but there's a lot coming out. <laughs> so what is coming in that has captured your attention the most? Well, I started all this out very positive, very strongly positive. And I knew as soon as it started that I needed to, my role in this should be to create things that make people feel better, that are positive. So I was putting out a lot of positive, cute songs and cute cartoons and things that were like kind of distracting and not necessarily talking about the issues. And then I start the politics thing. And so it's gotten, you know, it wavers. It goes real dark and then it goes real light. And, you know, it's kind of all over the place between things that are really important to talk about, but hard to talk about. You know, I've always had those two flip sides of my art and people comment on it. And my stage performance is hard because, not hard, but um, hard sometimes for people to put together because I have this like really super light, happy, hopeful, optimistic, almost childlike take on the world and then I have this it's still magical and it's still whimsical but it's very dark and it's very some might call it pessimistic and it is the opposite of that and so those are the two kinds of things I produce I rarely put something out in the middle I'm sort of on the edges kind of girl with that stuff so those are the two different kinds of things that I'm creating right now I'm thinking about a recording session we did about a year and a half ago, I think, or who knows, you know, back when things were normal. This song you wrote, it is called The End of the World, right? We never really finished it, End of the World as we know it. Chris okay. White, um, who used to play drums in my first band, he wrote the piano part and he came over one day and just started playing it. And then this was right after Obama gave his speech when Trump was elected. And he said, this is not the end of the world. And I was just like sitting on it. It's like, it's not the end of the world, but it's the end of the world as we know it. 
and so that's where that came from was things are going to change and they did (laughs) and they continue to do so once i figured out we were gonna connect on zoom i listened to that song again and it's just like right now too yeah i would hate to say it was foreshadowing what well it was foreshadowing certainly what has been happening at 1600 pennsylvania avenue but it's also just so crazy how much it resonates with this COVID-19 thing. Yeah, it wasn't too far-fetched. There were a lot of people who thought it was, uh, you know, the beginning of his presidency, I've been, and a lot of people have been waiting for it to get bad. And my partner and I were talking and the whole, he's very much like, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be that bad. It's, we're going to get through this and it's not going to be as dramatic as everybody thinks it's going to be. And I'm very much just like, it's over. (laughs) We might as well just be done with all of this. And so it's a nice balance, but um, it did hit the fan. The worst thing that maybe the worst thing that could have happened happened while uh, Trump is in office. And uh, you know, there's zero satisfaction zero satisfaction right now (laughs) there's no i told you so nobody wants to be right everybody would like to be okay everybody would like him to be better and he still could if he could (laughs) and every like that would be perfectly fine but yeah i don't know what else to say about that it's it, it didn't take it didn't take psychic powers to guess that things would could have gone bad The end of the world as we know it. When you think about that song, that title, what comes to mind right now? I think about that speech. I can picture it so clearly. Obama saying that and calming the nation and trying to tell us that it's okay. And then my mind jumps to Bernie and how he left the race and how he's trying to get the country to be united as much as possible within these imperfect circumstances. And that's just the way it is that the world has changed. It's not the end of the world, but it's the end of the world as we know it. You say we're made of something better. Well, here's your chance to show it. You've been walking around looking for a fight. Well, here's your chance to blow it. He said it's not the end of the world, but it's the end of the world as we know it. I've never been a praying lass. But late of day, I've been raising my head to the heavens to pray. Now who's gonna save the day? It's not the end of the world, but it's the end of the world as we know it. Yes, it's the end of the world as we It's the end of the world as we've known it.
when all this started happening. I'm, I create music and I create funny things that make me laugh. I create things that make me feel better. It's all coping. I don't know if any of it is any good. Some people like it, but it's a big world and there's a, you know, it's a big net to cast, but it's when it comes down to it, it's to keep me okay. And the other thing I do to keep me okay is to learn and to read. So I have, whenever I, there's something that scares me, I get many, many books about it. A couple of years ago, it was neurology. I was, I, every book I could get my hands on about neurology because I was concerned with um, addiction and depression and chronic pain and all this stuff. And I was just like, if I could just understand the brain and how the brain works, then I'll be able to understand chronic pain and I'll be able to understand my addiction. And it did, it does help to attempt to, to seek to understand, I guess would be the phrase. And um, I did the same thing with this and I got a book about viruses. Whoa. In the first two weeks, I read about the history of viruses and the relationship between bacteria and humans. And it was so fascinating. And it really did help me kind of zoom out on the world and take a bigger perspective and realize that humanity has dealt with viruses more often than not. We had this sweet period where we didn't. And we got into this false sense of security, not just as Americans, but as a world. We were like, we got this. We're the dominant species. Bam, done. This is ours. Now we have to only worry about ourselves. Well, like if we kill ourselves, that's the, then that's not the only threat. That was really helpful to realize that like, this has been the state of the world for a long time. And people had to deal with just knowing that plagues, you know, all that kind of stuff and smallpox and it might just hit you, it might not, like this state of fear. And I think there's some perspective to be gained from that in terms of how much we value our time and our life and the people around us. I think getting lulled into a false sense of security makes us um, not always value everything as much as we should. So there's definitely like the weirdest silver lining to all of this because like everything just seems so beautiful this year (laughs) spring is so gorgeous the sky is so blue the flowers are so pink my neighbors smile i have conversations with strangers friends reaching out to see if i'm okay this heavy weight of knowing how precious everything is it's weird (laughs) i think you know me well enough to know that i will just Keep smiling and let you finish your thought. And you did. So good job on that. (laughs) Thank you. You've touched on this a little bit. What's giving you the most hope right now? That people are flexing and that people are able to readjust what they thought things were going to be like and help each other. Oh my gosh, people are helping each other so much. And this is forcing local governments and us as citizens to reassess our values, like I said, but also to realize that we are not necessarily dependent on, (laughs) this is getting a little edgy politically, but that we don't need the federal government to be alive. We don't need this system. If the system falls, if, if the economy blows up, we can still stay alive and we can still thrive. We're people and we've for most of the time on earth have lived off the earth and with each other in communities. And I think that's very powerful and that's very hopeful. And I would love, love and hope that it creates a lasting mindset shift after we figure all of this out. And that's kind of what's sustaining me 
is that, that things will change and that we probably needed something really big and really scary to change because I can't imagine anything else changing us. We're so comfortable. We've accepted so much. We've given away so much, but this, this might be the thing that makes people kind of wake up a little bit. I would like to have our listener or listeners know a little bit more about how they can get in touch with Stephanie Strange. Like, how can people, if they were so amazed by every word that came out of your mouth, as I was, how can they find out about you? What's, what's the way to do it? Oh, man. I don't really have one specific place where I release everything. I sort of separated out the things that I do. So Strange and the Familiars is the name of my band. And then Bellastrano is the writing website that I work on. So I guess it depends on what you're looking for. If you're more of a literary person, that would be bellastrano.com, which means strange beauty in Italian. And strangeinthefamiliars.com is the music. And they are both tied together. They both have crossover. Um, I'm on Facebook. That's where I'm probably most like daily active. But if you don't like strong opinionated women, then don't friend me because <laughs> I don't hold back or pull my punches. And it's, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people prefer the fully artistic output. Um, but Patreon is a great place too, because I put out stuff on Patreon. It has a connection to all my other websites there. And I put out stuff on there that I don't put out anywhere else. So it's patreon.com slash Stephanie Strange. You ready for the poem? Yep. Okay. Maybe it's the quarantine talking, but I want to meet you at midnight by the swings and we'll rule the playground and pretend that we're kings. Maybe it's the quarantine talking, but I want to kiss a stranger with my wickedest grin and blame it on my evil twin. Maybe it's the quarantine talking, but I want to knock on your door and ask if you need anything from the store. I want to wave to every passerby and I'm biding my time till my next sweet high five. I want to read every book ever written and cuddle every last kitten. And when I see you again, I'll hug you till you squeak when. Maybe it's the quarantine talking, but there couldn't possibly be enough time to tell you that I love you and that you'll always be mine. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, You've been listening to Filling the Air with Words, version 2.0. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitter dedicated to the life and memory of our friend Jane Shannon.